Well, now to hope, help us focus on the fundamentals behind the technicals, Carly Garner joins us, senior commodity strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading. Carly, happy Friday. Good to have you with us. I pointed to the U.S. dollar, supportive and, well, behind some of the move up we've seen in crude. Talk to us about what are you seeing uh, behind this rally this week? Absolutely. So you made some good points. The U.S. dollar uh, basically falling out of bed in the stock market. Uh, moving sharply higher has both benefited crude oil. I have a feeling that both of those markets are getting a little overstretched in their trends and they're probably due for a good correction and that will put a little bit of pressure on oil, uh, most likely anyway. The reality is oil, it looks good right now, but we've seen this uh, over and over and over this year and the, in the overall scheme of things, oil continues to make lower highs. And so until that pattern breaks, I think we're gonna continue to do, do just that. Um, I see some pretty good resistance around like 78, uh, $80. So we may go just a little higher, but I do think we probably roll over and at some point see the low 60s again, mid 60s. That said, I'm not fundamentally uh, bearish crude oil. I think that the in the long term, the prospects are really good for some upside. I just don't trust summer markets. It's thin. Hmm. Um, speculator positioning is going to matter. Specs are still net long, but they're holding the smallest net long position that we've seen in over a decade. So at some point, crude oil will move higher and it's going to move higher sharply as all of those speculators pile back in. For whatever reason, oil specs just can't stay away from the, the long side of the market. So at some point, I do think that happens, but I don't think it's right away. Um, we've got, I mean, it, price is relative. We're trading at 77, 76, somewhere in that ballpark. It's taken a lot of job owning by OPEC. It's taken production cuts for that to happen. And so there's been a lot of uh, things that could have easily put the, pushed the market a lot higher. Also, another reason for the recent rally is the supply disruptions in Africa. Supply disruptions um, are just that. They're temporary disruptions. Once that supply comes back on, I feel like we get a little bit of pressure on the downside. You know, we've been talking a little bit about how some of these production cuts have been, uh, to this, to your point, somewhat short-lived in terms of real follow-through associated with them. But uh, talk to us about how much of what we are seeing this week do you think it was driven by, you pointed to OPEC. We also heard from the IEA, the EIA as well. Anything there really stand out? Uh, you know, I think the, the biggest catalyst has been the um, the Libyan and Nigerian okay. supply disruptions. Okay. Uh, markets, for whatever reason, oil markets always react to those sort of things. And generally, it becomes a buyer's remorse type of scenario where uh, speculators jump in at really bad high prices, and then they, they end up uh, regretting that. And I think that's probably what's going to eventually happen. Might take a, a week or two for that mm -hmm. to play out. But uh, I do expect that to be the the norm. It seems like the supply disruptions are kind of trumping uh, the conversations we were having in the past couple of weeks here. We were talking a little bit more about Russian exports getting out. Yeah, I mean, Russia's been talking about uh, supply cuts for mm -hmm. a long time, and they're actually, it actually kind of seems like maybe that is the case uh, when we start looking at the numbers. But the reality is I, I personally don't trust the numbers that I see coming out of that part of the world. I, I, I don't know what anyone else's opinion is on that. Um, I think at this point, it's it, we look at the chart, the trend is down. Again, I'm not bearish, but you have to respect price action. And until price action changes, uh, I'm going to remain slightly bearish to neutral. Uh, that said, if you look at the 200-day moving average, I think it comes in around 75.50, somewhere in there. We've Right now, we're above that. We haven't been able to hold above that since uh, September of 2022. So that's going to be a real test. If we can stick up above that average for a couple of weeks, then maybe we've got something going. But I suspect that we'll fall back below it, as we have multiple times in the last year, and uh, again, see some follow-through into the 60s. 
Carla, let's talk about how if you're looking at the dollar's influence on commodities products, it wasn't just crude this week, right? You could turn to gold as well, benefiting back up and through that 1960 level. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the 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 gold market obviously has got um, a, a lot of things going on there. We've got uh, the biggest culprit in gold is is interest rates. We've seen interest rates spike higher in the last couple of weeks, and the reality is gold doesn't pay interest, and so it's a lot less attractive to own gold when interest is is so high because you can let it sit somewhere else and earn earn yield without working for it or risking anything. Um, but I think that that'll work itself out. I actually think the Treasury market's putting in some sort of a bottom and yields will probably make their way lower from here. And if that's the case, the the uh, crude, I'm sorry, the gold market might start behaving a little more normally. And we might actually start seeing a, a negative correlation with the dollar again, mm -hmm. which has not been the case. The gold and the dollar have been moving together more often than not. It's a correlation of about 24%, but that correlation should be negative, not positive. Historically, it's about 70 to 90% negative. So we're seeing some really weird things going on between gold and the dollar. Let's talk a little bit about uh grains, a busy week for grains with the WASDE report and the news there. I saw an intraday move lower in reaction to uh, uh, where did that put us on the bigger picture here, though? The reality is in, in grains, generally this time of year, rallies are really sharp and they're magnificent, but they're very, very rarely sustainable. So we're of the mind cap that uh, corn probably is, corn held support on the sell-off and it's probably a little undervalued fundamentally. So I like the upside in corn, but you want to be really careful because this time of year, like I said, uh, the downside is, is generally the, the most prominent trend. Um, soybeans, I think if we get see November beans around $14, that's probably a place to get bearish. The seasonal top in, in beans is middle to late July. So we're right in that time of period where the weather concerns start to dissipate and we roll back over. Also, we've seen grades benefit a little from the stronger dollar. It's been a delayed reaction. I'm sorry, the weaker dollar. Mm -hmm. It's been a delayed reaction, but I think the dollar might find some support around 99. I'm, again, I don't think uh, the dollar grows legs and rallies but I think we get a nice bounce. And that'll be all it, it'll take to get those seasonal grain sell-offs going. So um, while I like the upside in corn, I think there's a lot of vulnerability in soybeans. If we just take a look at the charts real quick, I want a bigger picture price activity. Uh, you can see beans hanging out near this lower extreme and recently finding some support here again around this $13 level. As I look to corn in a similar situation to your point, Carly, here right around this $3 level, I'm sorry, $5 level, you can see uh, a bit of support here this week holding, testing, and holding above it here, unable to break down. And then lastly, taking a look at wheat where we are. And again, I think it's really important to point to these highs, these spike highs that we saw last year in reaction to the war in Ukraine and see the declines in terms of prices. We looked at crude oil right off the 130 level and how it feeds into that inflation narrative and the easing of some of those pressures. Carly, uh, any other commodities that you have your eye on that we didn't cover? Um, I'll throw just a, a mention out there in copper. Copper's had a nice little run, but we're coming up against trend line resistance, so be a little, be careful there. I think we probably uh, get a correction back down to the bottom end of the trading channel that it's been in. That's going to be about 360. So if you're a bull and you're and you don't you're thinking about chasing prices, my suggestion is probably don't wait and see if we get a pullback to the 350, 360 area. I think you might get it. 
Carly, taking a quick look here at copper, where we are, we're back above the 50-day moving average with the weaker dollar, much like what we saw in terms of crude oil. Here you can see the chart here, but also very much range-bound. And lastly, uh, Carly, a thought on uh, chasing the market and uh, the bulls in terms of what they've had to do to catch up with this rally we've seen in stocks. I know that you oftentimes look to markets when they get a little bit overdone. One could argue mm -hmm. that this uh, rally we've seen in the indices is and has been, but it continues to go uh, higher. Talk to us a little bit about uh, your thoughts on the run-up we've seen in stocks and the broader market in general. Sure. So a handful of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, the fact that there were more speculators short the E-mini S&P futures mm -hmm. than we'd ever seen before. Mm -hmm. And that position has been uh, ongoing as far as the unwind. The unwind has caused this is one of the contributors, not the only, but one of the contributors to this really large rally we're seeing. I see pretty good resistance coming in around 45.50, just knowing that we're in summer markets, things are thin, and seasonality is still positive for the next few weeks. I wouldn't be shocked to see 3,600, but somewhere between here and there, I think, is uh, a place where if you're bearish, you want to try to uh, maybe take some action or employ something. Also, if you're if you have a portfolio that you're worried about, maybe this is a really good time to hedge. You could do it with risk reversals, uh, that sort of thing. But the reality is the upside's probably limited, and the downside potential or the downside uh, risk is probably a little larger than than the reward. Definitely uh, uh, talking about uh, quite a bit here, to say the least, in terms of uh, when we will pull back at some point. It, it, has yet to happen. We started off the show talking about the S&Ps up five days in a row here. Now, Carly, appreciate you joining us to take a look at commodities as we head into the end of the week. A busy week for markets. Carly Garner is the senior commodity strategist and broker at D. Carly Trading.